The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about how to use technology to up your content marketing game. Joining us again is Corbett Drummy, who is the co-founder and CEO of Popular Pays, which is a creative collaboration software that makes it easy for brands to work with content creators and influencers at scale. Supporting a community of 60,000 individuals and a robust search engine and a suite of relationship management tools, Popular Pays uses data to report the work of creators and influencers to maximize efficiency, reduce cost, and seamlessly execute your influencer and content production strategies. And yesterday, Corbett and I talked through why content is like oxygen for brands. And today we're going to continue the discussion by talking about how you can upgrade your content production strategy using SaaS. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Corbett Drummy, co-founder and CEO of Popular Pays. Corbett, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we talked about why content is so important for brands, how consumers are tuning out advertising, they're inundated with media, and if you can't find a way to reach them in a way that feels native and organic, then you're going to struggle. You're not going to get lead acquisition, customer acquisition. You're not going to be able to convert that into revenue. So we got to make more content, which is not just blog posts, but we're talking photos, videos, social media, all sorts of different stuff. Talk to me about the ways that brands that are interested in improving their content can actually produce more relevant, high-quality content. I think the core of that answer comes from how the landscape has shifted, where, as we talked about yesterday, 10 years ago, a brand might have just needed a couple of commercials a year, maybe some content their site that they redo every couple of years. But fast forward to today, and they need 4,000 pieces of content a year. So the agency model that has been dominant for the last century is now struggling to adapt to the needs of this decade. So what we see looking around is instead of going from a process of what we call waterfall content creation, where you know when I was working at an ad agency, we'd have a brief, we'd get approval, and we'd go down through all these steps of drafting things, getting approval and sign up, maybe doing a focus group, and then finally at the other end, you have a Super Bowl commercial that might tank. Now, this is the age of the Wendy's era commercials, or as recently one of our clients, Colgate, had talked about like how they've been adapting to a really agile form. But this is more the thing that you're seeing where it's, you know, something happens and you respond quickly with a well-timed piece of content. And it captures so much more surprise and delight because it's relevant. 
But doing that with speed and a debt agility is really challenging. So that's kind of the core question we wanted to talk through today is how do you accomplish that? And the answer really lies in the organizational framework of agile content creation, a set of tools, appropriate tools. And then finally, working with the right talent and having the right mindset around being comfortable with some things falling flat and also treating content more like a portfolio where not everything's going to work, especially in certain networks like TikTok, etc. It's a bit more of a portfolio where you're investing in it to see some results, but you have to be comfortable with failure. So let's talk about the infrastructure first. When you're sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to create more content, we're going to be more agile, what are the frameworks that you need? What's the technology you need to be able to just understand what you have and produce content quickly? To be clear, I think there's still a really valuable place in this world for not only brand managers at the brands, but also agencies crafting strategy. It's just everyone's moving upstream. So a brand needs a cohesive message around their strategy and what they stand for. And it's not all just like shoot and see what sticks. But instead, it's when you have an area of where you know you want to play in, the tools and the frameworks that you asked about, it really comes down to sourcing the content at the right cost per piece of content, having that agility and still the creative control over it, but then being on strategy. So we'll focus not necessarily on the strategy, which brands and agencies are usually taking care of, but on the tools and the agility there. We've seen the most dire needs for content in social in the sense that Brands agencies usually have systems in place for things like TV or print, above-the-line stuff, because they've, they've been doing that for a long time. But in social, especially on new networks, like, oh, I need to get on Snap, or I need to get on TikTok or Instagram, I need to do better there, there's a lack of content. So we look to creators as a way where if you don't know TikTok, you can get a creator who knows it. If you need more content on Instagram, you can get someone who can rapidly shoot and give you content that they know what'll work. So we leverage creators as experts in the various channels, whether it's Pinterest, YouTube, etc. And then you need software because the downside of working with creators is that without software, it doesn't scale. You really can't work with more than a dozen content creators over email and spreadsheets. So it sounds like for the more traditional media vehicles, the television, your print and stuff that's been around for a long time, you're still creating a commercial and you're publishing it and you're hoping it works. There are some things that require few contents, but it's really the social media channels that are requiring you to produce high volumes of content. Talk to me about what the specific pieces of software you need to create not only lots of content to manage lots of content creators, and also to be able to understand what your archive looks like and figure out how you can repurpose some content across multiple channels. So number one, we need a tool for searching and vetting creators. So we look to Pop Pays as, you know, it's not only search tools to help you search for the right thing, whether you need a rock climber or a foodie in a certain city or something hyper-local, you can find the right person, but then you need tools to vest. This is things around what's their portfolio of past branded content work? What's their rating? Are they reliable? So there's all these things to vet the creator. And then beyond that, there's collaboration software in the sense that we found quickly that let's say you're working with Instagram stories. If you have 10 creators and each one has a five segment story, that's 50 videos that are just jumbled up and how do you keep them cohesive? So there's this whole set of tools that you need now that you didn't need before. So we really invest in these three pieces, the searching, vetting, collaboration. And on the last part, what you mentioned is one thing that always surprises people is the cost for content has dropped dramatically and is so affordable that you really shouldn't be posting the same thing twice. It actually really frustrates me when I see a commercial and I see it all the time because we just live in an era where that shouldn't happen. Content should be worth sharing, not just repetitive. 
But when you get all this content from creators, you need to be able to track the content you have and the rights you have to it. So we try to give tools to brands so they can just search for a photo, like what are the photos that I have that has a smile in it or beach or whatever, because you end up building these huge libraries of content and you might need to repurpose them later or use them later. So you also need a content library tool too. But yeah, those are the three main things where we found that when we talked to brands, they really struggled to work with more than a dozen people because all these systems tend to fall apart when you're just using an Excel sheet to manage work with people or working over email with content approvals. It starts to really get too cumbersome. And that's where people sometimes hit a lot of turbulence. I think one of the things that brands that are not experts in content production, I guess maybe modern content production struggle with is that it is not just a random tweet or, you know, a random post or a random story that you're just constantly publishing a stream of. There is the idea of content franchises that you can start to train your users to understand. It's one of the things that we've done here on the MarTech podcast where we have weekly series and subject matter experts and career days. And we have our once a month solo act when we're talking about what's actually happening on the show. And even though we're not saying every Friday we're going to publish, you know, follow back Fridays or whatever it is, people do understand the various series and start to feel comfortable and start to look for that content. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. As you're working with multiple collaborators, and this kind of transitions from what is the software to how do you find the right people to be posting content for you, how are you communicating what are the not only pieces of content that they should create, but to put them together in a thematic way that also feels on brand? A really good point. And we've seen the thematic sections that you've talked about are more important on certain channels. So as an example, a lot of Instagram channels have kind of themes but most of it, it's, although some kind of rotate, whether it's with the seasons or whatever, a large part of it is kind of, you know, Instagram's almost like your brand's business page or business card. And it's kind of just like your brand, like magazine in a way, but some people do have themes. But if you look at other networks, whether it's YouTube and especially TikTok, there's these content franchises where it's like different challenges that people get used to, or just maybe a kind of a mini series that they might do for 10 days in a row. 
So there's definitely those content groups, as you mentioned. The way we help brands with that and what we recommend is we have briefing tools so you can create a creative brief where you can kind of give the do's and don'ts to your creators. But you bring up inadvertently an interesting point, which is we heavily suggest developing long-term relationships with influencers and creators to where they will get to know you and you will get to know them and you develop a really good trust with each other where you don't have to tell them the basics of, oh, our brand doesn't do X, Y, and Z. They kind of get to know it over time. But when you work with some creators, you can then put up briefs and say, hey, we need more of this content series or this challenge or this segment. And it lets you easily tap people who you know can do it. They're just doing other examples of that content piece. But yeah, the way we work with that is through content briefs. So you can send that brief out to certain creators or just have everyone apply. And that way, everyone's on the same topic. So we talked a little bit about the infrastructure. We talked about finding the right resources to be able to produce content. Help me set some expectations. Let's say I'm a brand that's used to producing a Super Bowl commercial once a year and we launch our Budweiser ad and that's it. And now all of a sudden I said, look, I want to modernize. I'm going to start working with social media content. And we're going to produce all of this real-time content that feels authentic to our brand to reach consumers in a way that doesn't feel like advertising. And I have this infrastructure and I have these people. What should I expect once I get this up and running? This can sometimes be the most important part, which is in this age of agility, you have to be comfortable with risk and being comfortable with failure. And failure, it's not that something will go viral in the wrong way. The most common failure will be that nothing happens to it at all. There are certain networks where this is more important. So for example, on Instagram and Pinterest, most of the stuff you make will be on target and there's not as much failure there. But when you're experimenting as a brand with like TikTok, for example, you have to be really comfortable with the fact that if you do 50 videos, maybe 50 of them just won't really go anywhere. And that's what brands are feel really queasy about. But then, you know, one or two of those 50 might go viral a lot. And like, that's what can change culture and move the needle for you. So if you are investing in a new content format, the reason why we'd say work with creators is because they've experimented a heck of a lot more than you. And so they've already kind of waded their way through all this trial and error. But even as a brand, when you try to get into it, not everything's going to work out. And don't pull the plug in that scenario. You have to be ready for that. I would just kind of leave brands with the message of saying, the riskiest thing you could do is not take a risk in the next five years with content. I think you need to stand for something as a brand. I think you need to take risks and be out there. I do believe you should pick a channel and do that right before you move on to everything else. Don't spread yourself thin, but definitely stand for something and be bold with your content strategy. The takeaway here is that you're not going to make every shot, but you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. One of the things that I've found to be specifically important in a content business is consistency and predictability. Help me start to think about how I should benchmark how much content I need, how much that should cost. It's obviously a wide range of a tweet might cost 20 cents or it might cost $20,000. How do you figure out what's the right fit for your brand? So start with do one channel right before you spread yourself too thin and content changes per network. Like you could post multiple Instagram stories a day and be relevant or multiple videos on TikTok and be relevant, but maybe you need fewer feed posts or YouTube videos if you're across all of those. But in general, I would try to post a story a day, at least just get it as part of your brand's habits. The reason you do that, it's like an email drip campaign and you just want to be having content out there and it can be easy. You know, you can just give your behind the scenes shots. But for the channels you're on, the ones that you're doing right, I would invest in putting content out weekly. And it does differ. You know, if you get really big influencers make content, it can be expensive. But on average, you know, a photo when you're working with a creator is a couple hundred bucks, maybe like three, four hundred bucks. And it can definitely vary who you're working with and on what channel. Pinterest is more expensive than Instagram, etc. 
And that for videos, videos would probably be a couple of grand if it's produced by an editor, but it can go lower, it can go much higher. High quality stuff might be five, 10 grand if it's like commercial quality. But the radical thing about creators is they can make commercial quality stuff for five to 10 grand versus when I was in the agency world, we really, I don't think I ever produced anything under 40 grand. And that was a simple online video. So the costs are still way, you know, 10x cheaper most of the time. So creators are a really great place for that. But yeah, I would aim for just pick one channel, do it well. And personally, I think if you were to pick a new channel right now, I would pick TikTok because there's a lot of uh, space on it. Like it's so new, it's exciting. There's so much engagement. You know exactly where to start as a brand because there's challenges and trends every day. And it's easy to go viral on there compared to Instagram where it's harder to go viral. So you can really jump in and make a splash if you just play it along with community. So all I would recommend is as a brand, jump in, see what's on the main Explore pages, see what's going on, participate in the conversation. And then if you need to scale it, lean on some creators for them to help make stuff regularly for your brand. Last question I have for you. You mentioned that, hey, if you were going to pick a channel, you would pick TikTok. Talk to me about some of the differences that you see in terms of audience for the different channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok. I feel like there's a new social network that pops up every 30 seconds. (laughs) For brands that are thinking about expansion or just starting to get into the content creation game, just give me a quick summary of how you view the various channels. Depending on what your brand is doing, it really changes what we advise. So for example, with fashion, it can be really important to be on Pinterest and YouTube. Same with a different consumer package, whether it's cosmetics, etc. But I would say like everyone should probably be on Instagram. It's kind of your homepage. And people, when they look at your brand, they start there. That's where most people go to, not your website. Beyond that, if you're trying to target younger demographic, obviously TikTok is going to be really beneficial there. And then the rest just depends on what category your brand is in. Because for e-commerce, things like Pinterest and YouTube could be great. So for that, it just depends on who your brand is. As we wrap up our conversation and you think about your pieces of advice for people that are expanding their content marketing efforts, what's the one big piece of advice, the one big takeaway you can offer? Create more content. Content is oxygen. It really helps your brand adapt and thrive in this world. And beyond creating more, I would work with creators to scale it and then invest in software to make it manageable. But working with creators can help you find your way on these new platforms and to scale the content at the right cost for you. I think it's great advice. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. If you're on the social media networks, you got to take a lot of shots. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Corbett Drummy, co-founder and CEO of Popular Pays for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Corbett, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is PopularPays, P-O-P-U-L-A-R-P-A-Y-S, or you could visit his company's website, which is popularpays.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.